Two Men in the Bible with Dr. Jonathan Beeler and Doyle Patrick. Doyle, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Fresh off a doctor's visit. Awesome. And and you got some good news? I did. Yeah. I, I get to lose weight. Well, that's always a good thing. Yeah. And I am so glad that we that I went to the doctor today and talked to him about that because now I can really relate to our subject that we're going to be talking about today. What subject is that? Grieving. I grieving. am grieving the loss of ice cream and cakes. And oh, ice cream is so good. Yeah. Well, grieving. You know, we're looking at this whole podcast to help people understand that God's Word is completely relevant and practical in everyday life, including whether it's grief or marriage or uh, whatever we're facing in life, the Bible's a very practical and relevant book, isn't it? I, I thought that grieving and marriage went along. Well, I'm not. I'm going to take the Fifth Amendment okay. since my wife is right here. That okay. Right. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's you know what we're trying to do with this is take subjects that are. Um, may not necessarily be uh, something that you would hear preached from a pulpit, mm -hmm. but that have uh, a biblical basis in it, um, mm -hmm. such as grieving is one that we're going to be talking about coming up. Mm -hmm. And since our show is called Two Men and a Bible, yeah. Two Guys, what do we call ourselves? We're men. Two Men, two and, men a and a Bible. And what we're trying <laughs> to do is point to areas and instances in the scripture where people go through life events. Right. Well, Webster's Dictionary defines grief as deep and poignant distress caused by or as by bereavement. Now, there are different types of grief. Uh, it's not always about death. Sometimes we get the idea that grieving is just about death, but it's not. I mean, in what ways do we grieve? I think Death is one, right? I mean, 2.5 million people die every year, so death is definitely an aspect of that. What else? What other things do we sometimes grieve? Well, about? you know, going in, going into that same location. I mean, that same idea. Mm -hmm. uh, thinking about the loss of a job, mm -hmm. the the loss of uh, going through a divorce, mm -hmm. uh, a child. Mm -hmm. facing uh, a divorce. There's a grieving process, I believe, in that. Mm -hmm. um, just th There are so many areas. Uh, you, you lose your job. You lose your security. Um, you know, you, you have a friend that moves. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, you know, that's one of the things, too, that a lot of people don't think about that when, you know, we're so mobile. We're such a mobile mm -hmm. society that when someone moves to another state, uh, and you lose that closeness, mm -hmm. and it's tough. So change is, a, in, in, a, in a big sense, change in itself is a grieving aspect or can be a grieving issue. I, um, I had my, my son and his family moved from uh, roughly a half a mile from my house to now they live in Maryland. Mm -hmm. And there's a process that you go through when you drive by where they used to live mm -hmm. and it brings that up so grieving is something that is universal we all feel it we all go through it uh the the biggest one i think is death mm -hmm. uh, oh absolutely uh, and, and i also think that that with 
with the, the, the same vein thinking of death, divorce is one of those two that I don't think people allow themselves to grieve in that divorce process. And I think, you know, and I, I have worked with uh, clients and, and couples, uh, married couples that uh, went through a divorce. And, uh, you know, I think in a lot of ways, divorce is worse, worse than death because the person's still alive. I've heard it described like yeah. a funeral, except that the uh, that the dead person gets up and walks home, mm -hmm. and sometimes walks home with someone else, mm -hmm. which only adds to it. Oh yeah, and even the loss of pets, right? Uh, society doesn't necessarily see that as a you know a, a big big deal, perhaps society in general, but the person does, and and I think that can be really difficult because the person will repress those feelings because he or she won't talk about it because of the fear of society won't take her or him seriously. Mm -hmm. How did we pick the, the, the topic of grief? Well, I think grief is huge because grief, uh, everyone's going to grieve. One way or the other, uh, we're going to grieve. Uh, death, we, we have a, we're all 100% terminal. We're all physically going to die. We're going to get that diagnosis. There's going to be breakups, uh, you know, even if it's not us, divorces or family problems, loss of job, etc. And uh, I think that bereavement will come. But I think you're going even further than that. Uh, you, you kind of, where does grieving come from? And I, I think it ha we have to go back to Genesis. Genesis uh, chapter 1 and 2 you know, everything's fine and dandy, good, very good, and, and there's no pain, no suffering, uh, no sin. But after the fall with Adam and Eve, eating the fruit in Genesis 3 and, and being deceived by the enemy and blatantly disobeying God, we see that God, as a result, showed mercy. He promised a coming Messiah to save the world and crush the serpent's head. But he also uh, did not kill Adam and Eve right away. It was a longer process uh, for many reasons. And, and he gave them clothing and gave them a way, think, rules or, or laws to, to walk by and the promise and faith of the coming Messiah. And so as a result of that, we die. Because of sin coming into the world, we grieve. Bad things do happen. And uh, there was only one good person that it happened to, and that was Jesus. And uh, he didn't deserve it. Uh, none of us really, really deserve anything except ultimately uh, judgment of God. But God is love. And so he sent Jesus, fully man and fully God, died for our sin. He took our place, and by grace through faith, uh, we have eternal life. By dying, he showed he was a man. By rising from the dead, he shows he's God, and he's reversed the curse. And someday, uh, when we're glorified, we will also... Um, have glorified bodies, no need of knee surgery, no need to lose weight, uh, no more depression, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears. So you have, what is your degree in? I have a master's in theology and Bible, and I also have a master's in professional counseling, and I have a PhD in psychology. Explain to me the process that the, the technical process mm -hmm. of grieving Grieving is very interesting because uh, there are stages to grief. Uh, and there are different types of grief which we can get into uh, more, more, more uh, uh, in depth uh, our next time. 
But when we look at grieving, there's five basic stages of grief. There's denial. That's a defense mechanism, a, a process of the healing process that allows us to uh, heal. That's denying that, you know, maybe your dad has stage four cancer. Or it's denial that uh, the doctor said you have two weeks to live. And it is uh, basically a process of, of a wall coming up, a defense mechanism coming up so that you don't feel the pain as much as you could. Uh, the second one is stage is, is anger. You know, eventually those emotions come out and anger is a very common one. It, maybe it's a, a son or daughter that was uh, killed in an automobile accident at, or, or from uh, murder. And anger comes out and you may be angry at God, maybe angry at, uh, you know, the, even the person that died and maybe angry at the person who uh, did the crime or, or, or uh, you know, was part of the, the, uh, the death itself. And so I think that that's the next one is anger. Then there's bargaining and that's making a deal. You know, uh, I'll stop smoking if you will, you know, save my wife. I'll stop doing this if you, um, you know, uh, get better. And then, and then there's uh, depression, where you fall into a deep, dark depression um, with a black cloud over you. And then there's, finally, there is acceptance. And sometimes those go back and forth. They vacillate. So the, the, there is a checklist, and if I check one off, I can move on to the next one and just continue down that list until I finally get to the, to the end. That's not always true. It can happen that way. Most of the time it doesn't. Most of the time some people will just skip one and go to uh, anger. Maybe they won't have much bargaining uh, and they'll go to depression. And it just depends on the person and their uh, temperament and their personality and their situation. And we all grieve differently. There's no right or wrong with grief. Um, and and uh, we'll get into that as well the next time we speak. But, um, you know, grieving can uh, vacillate back and forth. You can go through all five stages and feel like you're better, and then you go back. And it's just a process. Uh, people need a, a, a uh, therapy is huge, having someone to talk to, a pastor or uh, pastoral care type things. Uh, or someone to talk to in general that's supportive and listens, I think is huge. Are there things that you can do if you find yourself stuck in one of these? I mean, is there like something, you know, a, a pill, a switch, uh, mm -hmm. uh, a phrase, some, some kind of something that mm -hmm. I can do if I find myself stuck in anger? Well, I think that's definitely a good question because, you know, once again, there's different types and different lengths and different ways we grieve. Uh, these are the stages, and sometimes we stay longer in others than, than, uh, than uh, other, other individuals. But I think when we look at this, ways we can help this is talking through it, not trying to ignore it, not trying to change a subject, not trying to uh, stay occupied and, and busy. Uh, I think there is a time for that. 
Okay, we, we don't want to be totally grieving constantly. Uh, there's a time to, you know, stay busy and, and, and get, your, get occupied in a positive way. But I, I think that sometimes we can uh, fall into a deep, dark depression mm -hmm. and uh, not know how to get out. And I think that's when you need therapy, uh, whether it's pastoral or, or clinical or a combination. That's when you need friends of support. Uh, we don't want to be like Job's friends. Oh, you don't have enough faith. Or, or you need to do this, Joe, and we'll get into that a little bit later too. But <clears throat> I, I think uh, having writing, some people like to write a journal on the memories, uh, good, bad, uh, ugly, it depends on who you are and what you need to write about. I also think a memory box uh, is very good, uh, getting a box uh, for your family even. If you have kids, putting pictures and, and memories in there uh, is huge. Uh, I think exercise. You know, you have endorphins, it increases dopamine. Uh, it's, it's a very powerful synergy to help you overcome uh, these stages and, and move you on to the next part of life. And most importantly, your faith. You know, if you're a person in, in, in the faith, uh, I think that really seeking God's faith uh, and seeking, uh, you know, living the rest of your life and the suffering for a purpose that's greater than yourself because God can take your mess and turn it to a message for his glory for your good. You know, one of the things, I, I'm, yeah. I'm sitting here listening to this. Now, mm -hmm. when we decided that grief was going to be a good one to talk about, we had, we had kicked, kicked it back and forth. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons that, uh, that I really felt strongly about that was looking on Facebook mm -hmm. and seeing how many people, mm -hmm. uh, when I would post something about grief, how many people and how many different varied people mm -hmm. would put something on there. And Facebook is a good place to go and look mm -hmm. and see where people are hurting because uh, a lot of times you have those that are vocal about it, but mm -hmm. you have also have those that pull back. Mm -hmm. um, it's important for us as Christians right. to be able to to see people mm -hmm. uh, in our areas of influence in mm -hmm. our small groups in our church that are hurting mm -hmm. and then to ask the question not just on a superficial level of how are you mm -hmm. but because what's going to be the answer oh they're going to tell you fine fine yeah I, and, fine. and great and we have to be careful with how we try to support grievers you know, things like, well, it was God's will, uh, or uh, he's in a better place, or... Did you... What's that? Have I ever <laughs> told you the story of the dumbest one I've ever heard? No, let's hear this. Okay. A friend of mine had lost a child, and the advice that they received was, well, don't worry, you can always make another. Uh, and I, I stopped, and I said, now... Repeat that to me. They they said this to you mm. out loud, mm -hmm. and she said yes. And I said, "Hmm, mm. I don't really know what to say to something like that." And you know, people do mean well. I'm sure she wasn't intending on hurting, punching someone in the gut with that. You know, what would be someone? What what what? How should someone respond to someone who has just lost a child? 
That is a very good question. <clears throat> and I think Jesus, like everything, he illustrates that in uh, John chapter 11, I believe, with uh, Lazarus, the death of Lazarus. And he went there uh, to support Martha, and Mary and Martha, and uh, he listened. He didn't say, oh, you know, you can have another brother, or, uh, oh, uh, you know, uh, he's in a better place. Now, this is the Son of God. He knew where Lazarus was going. He, uh, he, he listened to them. He was supportive. Uh, he didn't interrupt them. He allowed them to cry on his shoulder, at his feet. Matter of fact, he wept too. And uh, that's my favorite Bible verse, by the way. I, one that yeah. I am proud that I have memorized. Jesus wept. John eleven thirty five. There you Jesus go. Jesus wept. Yeah. And it was pretty not, impressive, huh? I'm impressed, Doyle. That's good. Well, I think when we see this, he listened. He was real. He cried with them, and he was supportive. Uh, you know, he he did something about it. Uh, he, didn't, he, he, he brought, he spoke Lazarus back to life. We're not Jesus, and we can't do that. But we can certainly ask, can we watch our other kids for you? Can we, you know, uh, can we bring you some food? Can we, something specific to help that person in a practical manner, and not just, we'd love to help you, give us a call when, when you need help. Not just you can you can make another one. Right. That's just, no, no. That, that to, to me that's the worst advice that's ever been in the history of giving advice to someone. Um, when we face mm -hmm. times of grief, when we see other people facing times of grief, mm -hmm. what would you say would be the the overall the overarching best thing that we, as friends of theirs, could do? Love them and be there where they're at. Let them cry on your shoulder. Listen to them, even if you don't want, even if you don't like what they're saying. Maybe they're mad at God. God's a big God, and you know David sure was grieving a lot in the Psalms. Let them grieve. Let them talk to God. Let them express their anger, and just listen. Don't try to fix it. Uh, be supportive. If they need something specific to heal, give them some time and maybe get them some groceries. Um, take them out for coffee or lunch and uh, try to encourage them. Don't give advice. Advice is almost the worst thing to do. Just listen, be supportive, and pray for them. That's good advice. Uh, I, I, that's something that I... I think even I can do that. I can listen to people. Mm -hmm. I, I have a friend who uh, whose wife died um, last year, and uh, he and I ride together um, for work. And mm -hmm. uh, he'll get to talking, and and I'll ask him questions about his wife. And I, I, you know, I always preface it with, you know, I'm not trying to pry. I just, you know, mm -hmm. and and he says, oh no, I, I don't mind talking about her. And he'll. He'll go on for a little while talking about it, and, and you know, he may look a little depressed in the beginning, but he starts to smile as mm -hmm. he begins to remember his wife and to, to talk about her mm -hmm. as if she was still here, when in fact she is in his memory. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think this is great, and uh, we thank you for listening in with us, and we will talk to you next time on Two Men and a Bible. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.